God used a simple shoebox gift to reveal Himself to me in a country that is close to the gospel. John 1.5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I know God is present in my in my home country. I know that God is present in countries in the world that we think might have been forgotten by God. God doesn't forget about His people. He doesn't forget about the countries that He has allowed to form. So we as the world need the Lord, and He is our only hope and our salvation. Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. Next week is National Collection Week for Operation Christmas Child, November 16th through the 23rd. And so in honor of National Collection Week, we wanted to release a three-part series for you to listen to as you shop, pack, and prepare to send these boxes. I had the chance to talk with three people who received shoeboxes as a child, and I wanted you to hear the impact that the shoebox made in their lives personally. Today, I want you to hear from Yulia Shibina. Yulia works with Samaritan's Purse as a Speaker's Bureau Manager for Domestic Operation Christmas Child. Here's our conversation. So as you mentioned, my name is Yulia, and I have the opportunity have had the opportunity to come full circle with Operation Christmas Child and Samaritan's Purse, starting with receiving a shoebox gift when I was nine years old, then coming full circle after I graduated from college and joining the team first as an intern, and then as a full-time staff on our Operation Christmas Child Speakers Bureau team, a team that has a privilege of hearing testimony upon testimony of God's faithfulness through a simple shoebox gift, how He has reached different boys and girls all over the world with a shoebox gift, but also with His hope and with His love. Mm-hmm. So you currently work for Samaritan's Purse, and you've been here, how long have you been with the ministry? Six years now. Six years, wow. Um, and so, as you mentioned, it started with receiving a shoebox. So let's go back to your childhood. Can you tell us where you're from and where you grew up? Um, yeah, and talk to me about nine years old. Where were you living at the time? So I'm originally from a country in Central Asia that is close to the gospel. And in my country, on paper, you have religious freedom and anything you want to hear about religious freedom. But in reality, it is unlawful to be a follower and witness for Jesus Christ. It is illegal to have the Word of God in your home. It is illegal to worship the Lord and, of course, gather in the name of the Lord. But we know that John 1.5 is true. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So after the Soviet Union fell apart, which my country is to be a part of, there was deficit and scarcity of anything and everything you can think of. And really from food to clothes to toys to things like even furniture. And my parents both stood in different types of lines. For my mom, she would wait in lines at grocery stores to exchange ration coupons for necessities like flour, sugar, oil. For my dad, he stood in lines to get propane for his car. And if you know anything about propane, it's not safe to have three tanks of propane on top of your car. And I still have a very specific memory etched in my mind when it seemed like my sister and I have been playing at a gas station for hours. And gas stations in my country are nothing like gas stations here. There are no convenience stores. There are no bathrooms attached. In our case, it was concrete walls separating the pumps and then dust everywhere else and then a hot blazing sun. 
And I remember tapping my dad and after what it seemed like eternity and saying, can we go home, please? I'm, I'm so tired of waiting and playing in the dust. And I remember my dad looking around and saying, can you play a little bit longer? Because I'm still waiting in line to get propane for our car. So that was our childhood. And when it came to toys, of course, my sister and I had some toys, but the ones we did have were either poor quality and some were actually scary. Mm -hmm. I still remember a doll that I was absolutely terrified of. If I knew it was in a certain room, I wouldn't go there by myself unless my mom or my sister would accompany me. But again, the light shines in the darkness and God used that difficult for my country time to create a window of opportunity, just a short period of time when the government of my country remained watchful, still pretty restrictive, but allowed foreigners access in. And at the end of 2001, Samaritan's Purse took opportunity of that window of opportunity and flew in a huge cargo plane that brought thousands upon thousands of Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts to children in Central Asia. Wow. So much I want to talk about in that, in those moments. So, I can't imagine, yeah, waiting hours uh, to get propane, um, something you needed to survive. Did you realize, uh, I guess, were you fearful as a child um, or did your parents provide in a way that you knew you'd be okay? It just would take longer and it would be harder to get what you needed. Were you afraid at that time? Honestly, maybe because I was a child, maybe because my parents shielded us Mm. from a lot of it. I didn't even know that I was living in a close country Mm. until after I came to the United States as a teenager. So what what I experienced during my childhood, for me, I didn't know anything else. So I thought that's how every country in the world Mm. was. I didn't realize that in my country, there was religious persecution. I had no idea that my country was a poor country Mm. (laughs) until I started watching TV and learning that there was a country called the United States of America that had things we never had. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those things um, I didn't understand as a child and didn't know better, I guess. Mm-hmm. So did you grow up going to school? You said you just had a couple toys. You, know, you basically had necessities, it sounds like, what you needed, not what you wanted. Um, were you able to go to school and have a childhood where you got to play and have friends? Thankfully, yes. My mm-hmm. sister and I both went to pretty good school in our neighborhood, had friends. Uh, we always, most of our afternoons were spent outside playing, uh, mm-hmm. not with toys, but with our friends. So I st- we lived in a 12-story apartment building on the eighth floor. And even though there were two elevators in our apartment building, I can count on my fingers how many times the elevators actually worked. Mm-hmm. And so every time we went outside, whether it was to school, to run errands or go play outside, we knew that to get back to our apartment, we had to climb eight flights of stairs. (laughs) And sometimes, depending on how many times you left the house during the day, that's how many times you had to climb those stairs. Normal, everything, everyday occurrences just were more difficult, more challenging. But like you said, you didn't know what you didn't know. So that's all you knew. And so it sounds like you were thankful you had a pretty great childhood, um, but didn't know what you were lacking. So talk to me spiritually. Your country was restricted, but did you know about God? Did you have any faith? Um, What did you know before the shoebox? Because my country was part of the Soviet Union, there was definitely some influence from that. Um, 
my grandmother brought my dad from modern-day Russia, actually, originally, but my mom is originally from Central Asia. So growing up, I did hear about God, but my understanding of God was almost like a very scary figure who was waiting for you to mess up and then he will strike you down with lightning. Mm -hmm. That was my understanding of God. And then also, as I mentioned, my country is close to the gospel country. So um, Islam is a predominant religion. And I in my family, I guess, cult culturally, we did things that were part of the Islamic culture, Muslim culture. But at the same time, I remember wrestling in my mind as a little girl because I kept hearing about Allah and I kept hearing about God. So in my mind, I didn't know that there was actually one God. Mm -hmm. There weren't two gods. Mm -hmm. And the God, the true one God is a loving father, not the one who's waiting for me to mess up. Okay, so let's let's talk about getting your shoebox. How um, how were you invited to this di distribution? Did you know what you were going to? You're nine years old. I was nine years old. My outreach event is actually very different than the ones we typically hear about or see in the videos. Again, because my country was um, close country, and so we couldn't conduct outreach events in the same way that they can be held in open to the gospel countries. So my outreach event actually happened in the safety of my living room. And my dad at that time was involved with Samaritan's Purse. And actually he was one of the people who was able to transport shoeboxes to interpret uh, when the shoebox gifts were distributed. And um, after Samaritan's Purse was done with all the outreach events. They did not want to miss an opportunity mm -hmm. to minister to the families of interpreters, drivers, and uh, whoever else was involved with them. And so my shoebox gift actually came in a very unconventional way for those two reasons, because my country is a close country and we couldn't hold an actual outreach event and mm -hmm. because Samaritan's Purse staff did not want to miss an opportunity to minister to the families of those serving with them. So again, my outreach event happened mm -hmm. in the living room of our apartment, but that did not diminish the mm -hmm. impact that God had intended for that shoebox gift mm -hmm. to have on my life. Mm -hmm. And so today we wanted to share share your story, just to remind people how personal these boxes are. You know, we we think we're sending thousands, millions of boxes, um, and that can be that can be great. But sometimes a number takes away how special they are and unique. And like you said, it, it the impact, no matter how it's given out, what kind of distribution it goes to, the impact is huge personally. So today, I just want to hear from you. First of all, you have some of your items. You've kept them all these years, so I know they meant a lot to you. What was it like opening that box? Well, let me start with the box itself. Mm -hmm. Mine came in a plastic purple container. Mm -hmm. At that time, I have not seen a plastic container. And on top of being this unique plastic container, it was also purple. And I remember holding it, and the very first thing I noticed about it was the smell. And it smelled like United States of America. And I wish I had adequate words to describe to you what that smell was was like for me, for someone who hasn't been to the United States. But to me, it was the sweetest, the newest smell. And I remember holding onto that gift and immediately having the question, who is this from? Because immediately I knew it's not 
it's not something that my parents could find in my country. And I remember when I asked my father, who was this gift from? He looked back at me very seriously and he said, it is from somebody in the United States who wanted to bless you. And that was the most puzzling and confusing answer my dad could give me because in my country, you don't often get, you don't always get gifts for special occasions. And here I was getting a shoebox just because from somebody who has never met me, who lived literally an ocean away from me. But while I was trying to reason out the answer my dad gave me, my sister uh, grabbed her shoebox gift and hers came in a actual cardboard shoebox wrapped in Christmas paper. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, for us, the boxes themselves were gifts because I we've never seen a plastic container before. And for my sister, hers was wrapped in a Christmas paper. We didn't have Christmas paper before. So for us, the gifts, the boxes mm -hmm. in and of themselves were gifts. Mm -hmm. And for a few moments, I remember my sister and I were nervous to open them, not because we were nervous to find out what was inside, but because those gifts were so special. We wanted for everything, the littlest de detail to remain exactly the way it came. So it took us a few moments to even master up the courage mm. to open our shoe boxes. But of course, mm. we were kids. We had to find out what was inside, what treasures were inside. And I remember as I lifted the lid, of top of my shoebox gift, the very first item I saw was this cuddly, soft, stuffed puppy dog, mm -hmm. the nicest toy that I have ever seen, that I have ever had. And of course, I did not want to share it with anybody, but I had to. <laughs> I had to share it with my sister, with my cousins, and all the friends in the neighborhood. Mm. You're right, because I think here in America, we take gifts for granted. You know, our, all our kids are used to getting gifts pretty frequently, birthdays, Christmas, you know, even Valentine. You know, we have so many holidays. And so I, just hearing you say that, to never have been given something brand new, um, and you have loving parents. They would have loved to have done that, but they just couldn't. Um, just stops me right here, that just the gift in and of itself, no matter what's in it, the fact that someone took the time across the across the world to send you something, and I, I assume you didn't celebrate Christmas. That's right. I didn't. I didn't. The very first Christmas I celebrated was when I came to the mm -hmm. United States. So even you know, so it's even more special and unique. And as you were talking, and somebody somebody mentioned the importance of packing a box for the senses. You know, because first of all, we don't know who it's going to. God does, and He handpicks. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but whether they're going to be blind, you know, so to have a bell or, you know, but but no matter what, the senses seem to be pretty, you can probably still smell or think back to what you what you received. And it makes me think of a verse in 2 Corinthians 2.15, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, the other from fragrance from life to life, who is sufficient for these things. Um and you think of this, you know, we are we are as Christians to be the aroma of Christ. You know, we are to have a pleasing aroma. We are to look different, to be shining brighter, you know, to be responding uh, to daily things in a different manner. And so that makes me think of that box. Like, this is what that box is. It's something different. It's something out of the ordinary. I mean, most of these kids, some, 
celebrate Christmas, some of the countries we send to, but you're right, some don't. And I think that's something I didn't even think of until we were talking today. Some don't know what Christmas is. They don't know why someone would give a gift wrapped in paper just because. And so that alone just stops them. Um, and so says, why would you do this? And then that, it, that's what makes me think of that verse. Like, hopefully it sends out an aroma, whether it's a physical, tangible aroma that it smells good, or just a, what is this? What I want to know more about this. So, so that, there's so many things that I want to unpack from this. So you can remember to this day, you still have it, what you received. So what's in a box really matters. Well, as I mentioned, the stuffed puppy dog when I first opened my shoebox gift caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And honestly, every single item that came in my shoebox gift was so special. There was another item I remember pulling out and having no idea what it was. It wasn't until much, much later that um, my sister and I discovered an interesting toy that I received in my, shoe, in my shoebox gift was an Etch-a-Sketch. Mm -hmm. At the moment of receiving it, I remember looking at this pink screen that had two white knobs and we had no idea what it was or how to use it. And because it came in my shoebox gift, I knew it had a purpose, it had a meaning. So we thought it was a beautiful souvenir that came from the United States. And we had it displayed on our shelf for quite some time. I, I don't remember the timeline, but one day my sister was doing the chores and dusting the items on the shelf mm. and she got to the etch -a sketch And when she dusted the items, she accidentally turned the knobs and she saw the lines on the screen go up and down. That's how we discovered what, what an etch -a sketch was, what a fun toy etch -a sketch was. And of course, after that did not go back on the shelf, we realized it wasn't a souvenir. It was a really fun toy. And we brought it with us to school. She brought it to her class. I brought it to my classmates. And we all got a chance to play with it. Mm -hmm. And so I remember just unpacking that plastic purple container item by item and finding all these beautiful quality brand new items. And I still remember also pulling out a set of three glittery pencils. I gave one to my sister, one to my cousin, and I kept one for myself. And I don't think I ever used it as a pencil because it was so pretty and I had it displayed in my uh, pencil holder for the longest time and I would purposely kind of stick it out a little bit so that it can be seen among other writing utensils. And again, every single item that came in my shoebox gift was so special. And of course, as, as a nine-year-old girl at that time, I really... I really cared about the items, but I remember starting to get a little sad as I was getting to the bottom of the shoebox gift thinking, ah, oh, okay, I unpacked all of these items when one more item caught my attention and it was a piece of blue notebook paper. Mm -hmm. In my country at that time, you only had white paper. So the fact that mm -hmm. this piece of paper was blue alone caught my attention. And I remember unfolding it and realizing that this was a note with a picture from the girl who packed my shoebox gift. So, so many things about that. I think for one, I wanna talk about the note in a minute and um, that's really important. But just the fact that you shared what you had, you know, I think for I us- I didn't want to, I, know, I had to. <laughs> but you lived in such a communal living, it sounds like, and you were used to sharing things and rationing and, you know, 
sharing what you have. You lived in a community. I think we can become so selfish and our kids, this is mine. Um, and I remember when I went to a distribution, there was a Hot Wheels pack, you know, multiple cars. And the kids, the kid that got it said, which one can I have? And I said, what do you mean? They're all for you. And they were just shocked, you know, because I think a lot of kids around the world live communally where they share what they have. And so, but the fact that you are finally given a gift and yet you gave things away is so amazing to me. Um, and really impacts me. So, yeah, so here you have this letter, and you have it with you. It's um, it's preserved. Um, laminated. Tran- <laughs> laminated. Thank you. I can't think. So it's laminated so that it doesn't get ruined over, I mean, over so many years. This is what? How many years old? 19. 19 years you've carried this letter. So for people listening, and this is something that I didn't do for many years. I didn't realize the gravity. Um it's important to write a letter. You don't have to include a picture or your address, but that's even better, one step. But just, I think, in hearing you say this, these kids are shocked. Why would someone give something to me? Um, And so to put a name and even a face to go one step farther, she put the picture of herself. Um, Talk to me about why the letter meant so much. Well, as you mentioned, I was shocked that somebody would bless me with a quality shoebox gift with so many incredible items. And naturally, I kept asking a question, who is this from? Why is a stranger sending me a gift? So the letter really provided that answer for me and made my shoebox gift even more personal because I got to see the picture of the person who took the time to carefully select all of those items to pack them in a shoebox gift and and send them to somebody she probably thought she would never have the opportunity to meet. But for me, I remember the words as I translated the letter. It was a very simple note, a very short one too, but I still had to use the help of my parents and two thick dictionaries to translate the letter because at that time I didn't know English well. And as I got to the end of the note, these words pierced my heart. I'm praying for you. God loves you. And I honestly, at that time, Even with the translation, I didn't fully understand the meaning of those words, but that's how God works. He he pierces our hearts with His love. Mm -hmm. He penetrates the darkness with His love. And even though I was nine years old, even though the circumstances of me receiving a shoebox gift were very different than how normally outreach events are conducted, God used that letter Mm -hmm. to reveal Himself to me. And... I remember asking myself, well, wait a minute, I thought this God was not a loving father. He was somebody who was waiting for me to mess up so that he can punish me. And here I was learning from a stranger that God loves me and that the stranger is praying to this God on my behalf. And even though I didn't fully understand the meaning of those words, I couldn't help but just tag them away in my heart and wonder, who is this God? How do I get to know Him? And I remember wondering, who can I ask questions about this God? And so I just carried those words for a really long time. But thankfully, um, Katie, the girl who packed my shoebox gift, she also included a return address. And I didn't know the story God would write up on my life as a result of this shoebox, as a result of Katie deciding to include her return address. And I actually need to give my dad a credit here because for the next about six months, he kept asking me, did you write Katie a thank you letter? She has blessed you. It was a very beautiful gift. You need to thank her. And every time my dad asked that question, I would dismiss it because 
I didn't know English well at that time. Our mail system in my country was so corrupt. I thought even if I write her a letter, she probably will never receive it. But thankfully, my dad was very persistent. And I remember it was sometime in the summer, so at least six months have passed by since me receiving the shoebox gift when I thought, okay, just so that my dad will stop asking me the same question, I'm going to write Katie a thank you letter. And I remember using two thick dictionaries, writing a very simple note back and using actually my grandparents' mailbox address because we didn't even have our own, mailing the letter off and honestly forgetting about it because, again, I didn't believe that it will even leave my country until one day my grandmother calls me and she says, Yulia, there is a blue envelope completely soaked through with glitter. In my country, at that time, there was no such thing as a blue envelope. And the fact that it was soaked through with glitter made it, of course, even more exciting. And she said, it has your name on it. It came for you. And it came from USA, from United States. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being so puzzled on the phone and saying, Grandma, I don't know anybody in USA who, who mm -hmm. would be writing to me. And of course, I was so excited to find out. I went over to my grandparents' house and I remember looking at this blue envelope that indeed was soaked through with glitter. Mm. And as I opened the envelope and began to read and translate the note, mm. I realized that Katie not only received my letter, mm. but wrote another one back. And that started a pen pal friendship mm -hmm. via snail mail. Mm -hmm. At that time, I did not have a computer or email address. And I'm actually grateful because to this day, I have physical copies mm -hmm. of those letters that we got to exchange. Mm -hmm. And every time I pulled out a specially colorful envelope out of the mailbox, I knew that Katie was writing to me and I would bring every single one of those letters with me to school, mm -hmm. show them to my classmates. But you know, today, when I look back, I realize that the most exciting part about this pen pal friendship wasn't the fact that Katie was from the United States, but the fact that she was faithful to conclude all of these letters with those same words, mm -hmm. I am praying for mm -hmm. you. And every time I would get to the end of each one of her letters, I would see those same words. And throughout the years, as we continue to exchange letters, I remember asking the same question, who is this God? Mm -hmm. How do I get to know Him? And I remember there were times when I wanted to write the same thing back to her, mm -hmm. but I was too afraid to lie about it because I didn't know how to pray and I didn't quite know what it meant. But at the same time, I could not shake off the impact that it continued to have on me and the curiosity that continued to grow in my heart in this God that Katie was so faithful to continue to pray for on my mm -hmm. behalf. Mm. That is amazing. And not, not, and so for people listening, not, this doesn't always happen. You know, a lot of times you don't get to follow up and have a pen pal relationship and actually meet your family. That That's very, very rare. Um, but writing down, writing a letter and writing, I think sometimes we think, oh, I don't know what to say. I've got to come up with something eloquent. So that's why I don't do it. Or I used to move a lot. So we, I couldn't put an address because you couldn't find me. But um, even if you just put your church address, um, you know, or just something tangible, um, so that they could maybe one day thank you, and even if they just end up thanking the church on your behalf. But you don't have to track people down, but just the fact that God loves you, that it sounds like planted a seed and made you think, who is this God? I want to know more about Him. So talk to me about spiritually, what did this box do? So 
I will fast forward a few uh-huh. years in my story. In 2008, I had the opportunity to come to the United States as a foreign exchange student. Mm. And by that point, Katie and I sadly lost contact because my family um, went through the move and then mm. uh, Katie went off to college. So we lost touch. But then when I came to the United States, I found myself living with a Christian host family and attending a Christian school. And honestly, at that time, it didn't mean much to me because I've never heard about such a thing as a Christian school. All I cared about when I came to the United States that I was finally in the country that I have always dreamed about coming to. But this was the time when the Lord really began to soften my heart and bring to the surface the seeds that were planted through the shoebox gift, through Katie's letters and prayers. And finally, I was receiving answers to the questions that I I was asking all throughout my childhood. Who is this God? Why does He love me? What do I need to do to deserve His love? And, and on October 25th, 2008, I opened the door of my heart and I received Jesus Christ. And, and the verse that comes to mind is Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I remember when I received Christ into my heart, I realized that all these years, God was so faithful to continue to knock at the door of my heart, never forcing Himself mm-hmm. on me, but waiting until I was ready to receive Him. And of course, it it wasn't um, until years later after receiving a shoebox gift that all the dots, all the seeds were connected. And I realized that, I don't need to do anything to deserve mm-hmm. God's love, mm-hmm. that my identity as His child is being the beloved of God. And after I received Christ into my heart, of course, all of all of the questions that I had in my heart and my head all these years were answered that I am enough because I am His child and I am, I am the beloved of God. And so after receiving Christ into my heart, of course, I wanted, um, I wanted to give my life and serve Him however and wherever that mm-hmm. looked like. And that's when God opened the door for me to reconnect with Samaritan's Purse. Mm-hmm. And first, I actually got the first reconnection happened at the processing center in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. My friend brought me to process shoeboxes after she learned that I received a shoebox gift as a child. And I still remember walking into the warehouse and seeing thousands upon thousands of shoebox gifts and thinking, I thought my sister and I were the only two people (laughs) who received shoeboxes. I had no idea the scope of the ministry. I had no idea that these shoebox gifts were going to literally the ends of the earth because at the time of receiving my shoebox gift, all I thought that somebody packed it and I received it. I didn't realize all the behind the scenes. I didn't realize how many people were involved in making the journey of that one shoebox mm-hmm. gift possible. And again, I realized that, wow, God God is involved in this mm-hmm. ministry and God is behind every single one of these shoebox gifts. I cannot imagine. Yeah, now seeing it full, full circle. Um, and so people listening, like there are just so many things out of your story that have been touching my heart. Um, but and all of us have different capacities. Like some will become a pen pal, some will not. Some will never even know where it went. I mean, now, thankfully, we can, you know, track our box and kind of see the region it goes. Um, so even if you don't correspond, you can know kind of the region. But what's what's touching me is the power of prayer. 
and really praying and saying, I'm praying for you because sometimes we pack a box and we forget. You know, and and like you said, for you it was a years. Um, you know, some kids at distributions they go to a church, and they get plugged into that church. They come back and they do the greatest journey. You know, they get discipled. I mean, some have that instant salvation, and then they walk with their church and they're discipled. Some like you, it takes years. Um, I just want to encourage people listening. You know, that think, oh my goodness, I don't usually put a note. I don't follow up. I'm a terrible person. No, like. If you just pack a box and you pray, that's enough. If you work at a processing center, because like you said, it takes many laborers to make this work happen. And all of you are a part of this. Um, as you were talking, I just thought about Paul uh, writing in 1 Corinthians 3, you know, when he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. You know, this is this is a huge process with so many different people and your story is unique. There's thousands of stories like yours and they all happened in different manners, but God knows which box to give. You know, and he gave you the one with the letter, with the address, knowing you would come back to the States, you'd reconnect. Um, some will never know who gave that to them, but they'll get to know God. God who called the person. And that's what we are about. It's mm-hmm. not about us trying to meet the boy or girl who received our shoebox gift. Because when we pack, we pack in faith mm-hmm. and with prayer, knowing that the shoebox gift, when it leaves our house, when it leaves the processing center, it becomes a gospel opportunity mm-hmm. in the hands of local mm-hmm. believers. And that's really what this is about. It's not about us reconnecting, although mm-hmm. it is cool and mm-hmm. then added mm-hmm. bonus when it does happen, but we ultimately want for that shoebox gift to become a gospel opportunity. Mm-hmm. And also for those local believers on the ground to keep following up yes. and to be the ones to disciple children who live in their communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love that that verse. Um, but God has been making it grow. This is, um, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're you're once you release it, you're saying, God, you know where this needs to go. Um, and that's what I love about these shoebox stories. And and they are, they're a gospel opportunity. They, I mean, yes, they're a fun gift. We want them to bring excitement and joy to these kids, but we more so want it to penetrate their hearts and and introduce them to Jesus. And I love how you said even just the simple God loves you made you think, who is this loving God? Because I think growing up in America, everybody knows about God here, you know? And again, like you said, though, depending on their circumstance, their view of God is different. God's not different, but depending on the lens we're looking through and some that have been through hard times, they see God as a just uh, angry God that's gonna judge. But to just a simple God loves you made you think, who is this loving God? that loves me so much. Um, so having been on this side or having received a box, you now pack boxes, you've been to distributions, you you talk to people all over the world about shoe boxes. What do you put in your boxes? And what would you encourage people today? I always pack, of course, a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. Always try to find an Etch-A-Sketch to pack in my mm-hmm. shoebox gifts, although it makes me sad that they're being discontinued. So whenever I see Etch-A-Sketch, I usually sweep the <laughs> shelf <laughs> because I always want for my uh, shoeboxes to have one. But I actually like to quote my friend, Alex, who is a shoebox recipient from Rwanda, when he's asked, what do you encourage people to pack in their shoebox gifts? He always says three things a need, a want, and a prayer. Mm -hmm. 
in need. Again, we, we're sending the shoeboxes to war-torn countries or countries that are impoverished. And a need would be something as simple as a soap or washcloth or other hygiene items or school supplies, a want. We're sending this to kids. And as you said, we want for them to experience God's love in a tangible way. And so a plush toy or a soccer ball or a track or a Hot Wheels car, those those are wants. And some kil- children probably don't even dare to dream about some of those things. So we always want to put something that that will allow them to feel like kids mm-hmm. and then a prayer. We cannot underestimate the power of prayer. And I hope that through my story, our listeners encouraged that God truly answers prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, those mm-hmm. are the three things, need, a want, and a prayer. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I've heard it said that a shoebox is like a snowflake. You know, they're all unique. There's no, and I, I've been at a processing center and I can attest, they're all so different. And that's what's beautiful. Each person thinks of what what would they want, need, and, you know, this, they make it unique to theirs. And God seems to always send it to the right child. And so even if it's something kind of unique, prayerfully, God will send it. Because I've heard of stories of a, a kid that wanted a radio or a kid that wanted this or that, and they got it. You know, and you think, I would never think to put that in there. But so we wanted to share your story during National Collection Week. So even now, if God impresses on your heart, put this in. And you think, that's weird. Do it. You know, pray about this box. And I, I, I'm even humbled because sometimes I just go for what I usually like to put in. But I'm asking God this year, what do you want in this box? And what does a kid you know, need, want? Um, and maybe it's not what I would have wanted or needed, but what does a kid need and want? And that's what we, the kids and I have been challenging ourselves this week. What is something maybe different that you want in there? Um, and so I love these stories. Um, so to close, ha- have you ever been able to give out a box? And what does that mean to you? I was able to go on a distribution trip in 2016 to the Philippines. I remember spending weeks just trying to prepare my heart for that experience, but I remember getting there and it's an experience I realized I couldn't prepare for. It was sobering to see kids. Uh, One of the outreach events happened at a dump, the largest dump in the city outside of Cebu, Philippines. And I remember giving a shoebox gift to a little girl and she just had emotionless expression. And I remember trying to cheer her up with a shoebox gift and thinking maybe I'm scaring her. But then I realized that it wasn't just her who had that emotionless experience, but most of the kids in the room were just sitting there. And I realized they simply did not know what to do with those shoeboxes because they have never received a gift. So that was a very sobering experience to see and to realize that these kids don't even know what a gift is. That's why they didn't know what to do with them. And uh, as the as the week went on and as we went to other outreach events uh, and other memories stood out to me, I remember we were at the top of a mountain and the children were all gathered under the trees listening to the gospel presentation before the shoeboxes were given out. And I remember just looking around and seeing parents sitting at a distance, hearing to the same gospel presentation that their kids we're receiving. And it is so beautiful how God works through those shoebox gifts, not only in the lives of children who receive them, but also in the lives of whole families mm-hmm. who get impacted as a result of one shoebox gift, as a result of prayers that shoebox packers pray mm-hmm. uh, for those children who will receive receive those shoebox gifts. Mm-hmm. 
That's so amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine passing them out, having received one and knowing the gravity and what it did to your life. And and as you're talking, I have to ask, you know, what did the shoebox impacted your family? I mean, you personally, spiritually, you accepted Christ. How did it affect your family? I still remember that day when my sister and I each got our own shoebox gift and looking at the faces of my parents and they were just as excited as we were. And it wasn't until years later that I asked my parents, how how did this experience impact you? And I remember my mom saying, this wasn't something we could give you and your sister and to know that there were strangers who were caring for you, our children, that that definitely impacted them as well because why would strangers be blessing their children with mm-hmm. gifts? But with my story specifically, this gift kept on giving because in 2015, I had the opportunity to meet Katie and to mm-hmm. meet her parents, the family that sent me that pl- plastic purple mm-hmm. container filled with so many incredible items. And they shared with me that weekend that back in 2001, when they finished packing the shoebox gift and began to pray for the child who would receive it, they felt burdened specifically to pray that their shoebox gift would go to a close to the gospel country, to mm-hmm. the child who does not know the Lord. And when that shoebox gift led their left their house, it was accompanied by their prayers because God orchestrated for that plastic purple container to go on that cargo plane headed for my country, not during any any um specifically during that window of opportunity, very mm-hmm. short period of time when the foreigners were allowed access in. And not only that, God orchestrated for that shoebox gift to end up in the hands of a nine-year-old Julia mm-hmm. who did not know the Lord. And then in 2015, I had the opportunity to hear, obviously I knew the impact that the prayers uh, that I, that were prayed on my behalf were having on me, but I had no idea about that initial prayer mm-hmm. that the family prayed specifically over that plastic purple container, over that child who would receive it. Mm-hmm. And again, had the opportunity to meet them in 2015 mm-hmm. and in 2017 when my parents and my sister got to come to the United States, we all were able to get together with uh, the family that sent me my shoebox gift and just sharing that experience and I I wish I could get into the minds of my parents and, mm. and hear about uh, what it meant for them, but it was obvious from their expressions mm-hmm. and obvious uh, from how they were acting that they definitely were very impacted by that, by that experience as well. Mm. So amazing. Um, and again, this is not typical. Most will have this reunion in heaven. You know, when in heaven, you will get to meet the person that received your box. You know, so for those listening, that might not happen here. It might just, but the prayers is what you're saying is important um, to be praying over the box, to be praying over those kids for their life um, and pray that you will meet them in heaven one day and you'll get to see the impact your box had because we don't do it for rewards and for, you know, but it is exciting to hear, you know, um, and to see the full circle. And so you are a rare, unique story. I actually know the family that you're talking about, which <laughs> makes it even more rare. That is how, I mean, the world is, a, it is a small, small world after all. And so I know this family and they are so powerful, you know, about praying. Um, and so it challenges me um, because sometimes, you know, you don't think it's it's important, but it is. Um, it is. And God hears every single one of yes. those prayers. Yes. And, um, and so, and Yulia, 
One more thing I just thought of, you know, I, I've just been focusing so much on Second Peter or First and Second Peter, and we are aliens in this world. You know, we are sojourners. We are supposed to be, you know, things are hard during COVID-19. I think it's been really hard. But as believers, you know, I've been reminded, this is not my home, you know, and, you know, uncertain times ahead of us. And, you know, it doesn't scare me because this isn't my home. And it's been reminding me, I should be homesick. I should be uncomfortable. I shouldn't get, you know, I think sometimes in America, we get a little too complacent. So as someone living in a foreign country, you now live here, I know you must miss things about your homeland. What is it like to be a sojourner? I remember when I was little and was learning about the United States, in my mind, it was the best country in the world. And since I was five years old, I wanted to be here. And so when I finally left Central Asia and came to the United States, I wanted to forget where I came from. I didn't want to have the accent, but after I accepted the Lord, after I realized, like you said, we are sojourners on this earth. This is not our permanent home. I realized that there is a reason I was born in Central Asia, and there is a reason some were born here, and we have different needs. We experience God differently, but He is God of the universe. He is the God of every nation. Of He is the one who created all the tribes and nations. And so, I think today, I definitely, United States is my home, and I do miss Central Asia, but the, the older I'm getting, the more I miss Central Asia, but I'm also aware of the spiritual darkness that Central Asia is in, and we need to, of course, continue to pray for God to continue to reveal Himself, and just going back to, again, the shoebox gift, how God used a simple shoebox gift to reveal Himself to me in a country that is close to the gospel. John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I know God is present in my in my home country. I know that God is present in countries in the world that we think might have been forgotten by God. God doesn't forget about His people. He doesn't forget about um, the countries that He has allowed to form. So, yeah, this definitely more, the older I'm getting, the more I'm aware that uh, we, we as the world need the Lord mm-hmm. and He is our only hope and our salvation. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Yulia, for sharing your heart and your story. And I just pray that people listening today, you know, will just be reminded uh, this gospel opportunity that they're they're sending out to the world to be praying. And so as we close, we talked a lot about the importance of prayer. How do you pray? for your boxes, knowing how how important those prayers are. How do you pray for your kids? Something you said in the beginning, um, just not focusing so much on the numbers, but mm-hmm. focusing on that one shoebox gift and remembering that each one of those shoeboxes represents a life of a child, a life of a boy or a girl that God sees, that God knows, that God cares for. Mm-hmm. And so when I pray, obviously, I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to hear back from them or to meet them, like I had opportunity uh, with my story, but just remembering that these are not just shoeboxes, these are not just gifts that meet the needs, but that they are going to real children. Mm-hmm. and that those children might have different stories. Some some are more difficult than others and just remembering to pray for that one person and that God sees them and that God will meet them and reveal Himself to them through that one shoebox gift. I loved hearing from Yulia. And I know for me, I've been packing shoeboxes 
for many years, but it struck me the importance of putting a letter in the box and letting the person know who sent it to them. Again, you don't have to put your address, just a letter and God loves you speaks such volumes to these kids because they want to know who sent them this box. Another thing that impacted me was how she said in all the boxes, she always puts a need, a want, and a prayer. And that just helped because sometimes you can be overwhelmed with putting in all these different things, but those make it simple. And the prayer is the most important part. So I hope hearing this story reminds you the power of prayer and then reminds you the power of the box that you're packing. This is truly a gospel opportunity and it will change lives just like it did Yulia's. Thanks again for tuning in and be looking for another episode in the coming days. 